up, mamas? It's Tanika Ray. I was a television host for 20 years before my entire life blew up when I had a baby. Shifting gears from red carpets to a gig called Mom required a whole new game plan. The carefree, globe-trotting boss babe me was suddenly in search of a mommy tribe to help me navigate the inevitable fumbles and fails of raising a kid. Mama Stay with Tanika Ray is a sanctuary for the mommy collective, where we amplify our self-love and self-care, trade tips on raising conscious kids, help each other fine-tune our boundaries, and celebrate the highs while forgiving ourselves for the lows in the wild, 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 wild world of mommying AF. Welcome to Mama's Day with Tanika Ray. We love having you guys here. You know, it's such an amazing community where each week we bring a different mom from the mommyverse to speak about their experiences mommying AF while still ruling the world. We've had a variety of moms come on from Dr. Shafali and her conscious parenting to how to have agency over your own health. But this week, I wanted to bring an amazing mom to the mic whose very child is a walking, breathing example of what you can do when you have an amazing mother. Her name is Kimberly Harris, and you might know her daughter, Michael Michelle. She's a little starlet in the making who had a starring role on Mixedish on ABC, and now she's on the Cheaper by the Dozen reboot on Disney+, Plus, as well as a new cast member on Raven's home. Michael Michelle's mama is about it, y'all. Here she is. Welcome to the mic, Kimberly Harris. Let's go. So happy to be here. Mama stay, Mama Sita. I'm really excited you're here. Thank you for having me. Really, really. A hundred thousand percent. Are you kidding? You are quintessential mama stay. Oh, thank you. There is just no way that your incredible daughter, who I get goosebumps, has turned out the way that she is without you being a dynamic, incredible mom. Thank you, sis. I appreciate you. Especially since I'm raising a daughter and I know how hard raising a child seven years old is. Yes. The emotions, the everything, and now the pandemic on top. What is your secret potion, Kimberly Harris? <laughs> For sure. As a mom, you know, there is no secret potion. It is constant and consistent work, right? It is intentionally pouring into them what you would hope that they take and flourish and add their own secret sauce to the potion and become phenomenal individuals who are loving, caring. uh, And that's what's most important to me. We're blessed. We are really, really blessed to be in the industry that we're in. But without all of that, I still would be taking the time to pour into my child what I hope would then flourish and, and her being able to support other women when she grows into being a mother and understanding what it takes to pour into a human being because it is intentional, consistent, and constant. It really 
bugs me when people come to me, especially when they were younger, all of my kids, and they would say, oh my gosh, you're so lucky. You have such behaved kids when they're in public. It's not luck. It is not luck at all. They weren't born understanding how to read an environment and know how to act in an environment. If we happen to be at a restaurant, there are ways in which societal norms are, whether we agree with them or don't agree with them. There are still things that I expect as a mom from you when we're in specific environments. And I also need you to be able to know what environment is okay to do what thing in. But I don't expect you to just come knowing that. I have to teach that. I have to explain it. I have to talk about the consequences of not abiding by the norms that I establish when we're in certain environments. And I have to do that every time we're out. So it's not luck. It's consistent and constant parenting on a regular basis. I'm shook. I'm shook. Give me a moment. (laughs) I I, I literally, I'm speechless. I get really frustrated in my parenting. I get upset with my child if I have to repeat myself. And you're saying there is nothing other than repeating yourself. Well, now I'm an educator by trade, 30 years, right? Okay, okay, okay. So when you say repeat, let me tell you a little bit about how the brain literally works. The brain cannot transfer. So when you learn something new, whatever it is, the brain looks for what's called a dendrite to attach a tree. So let's think about a tree. There's the root of the tree, things that you come here hardwired with. They just are. But every little thing that you learn is like a branch. So when you grow a new dendrite, it looks for commonalities of other things that you've already learned, and it will attach itself to that branch. So all those little branches that you see that come out of the big branches. So let's say the big branches are love, peace, whatever you teach most in your home that your children are most exposed to. Like those the things that, yeah, right, yeah. Those are the big branches. And then when they learn new things that they can attach to or find some, some sort of a semblance to that they grow a new dendrite, right? So if I'm talking about behavior and behavior is a big branch in our home, every time you learn new behavior for specific areas, it's going to grow a new dendrite. In order for you to transfer something from short-term memory to long-term memory, it takes a minimum of 17 to 15 times, the science isn't even clear, on being able to hear that repetitiously before you actually transfer it from short-term to long-term. So yes, I'm saying all of that to say, I say to my teachers all the time, if you're standing in front of the classroom and you're saying, I know I have said this at least 12 times, well, you have at least three more times to say it before it's actually theirs, right? So yes, repetition is how we all learn. Well, what happens if I'm in the thousands of repeating myself? (laughs) What does that mean? Well, I would question because my teachers say, I know I've said it 15 times. I would say, Are you saying it the same consistently? Meaning, I use this example with my teachers. Um, Let's say they're teaching the children how to read and they're working on the skill of the strategy of summary, right? That's a strategy. You have to be able to tell a well-organized summary in order to really retell a story. Retelling is a skill, but strategy and summarization is a strategy, right? So if I say, okay, boys and girls, to summarize means, and I give a definition. And then tomorrow, Miss Creativity says, to summarize means, and I give a whole nother definition. And then on Wednesday, because I'm the kind of teacher that needs creative creatively, I can't repeat things the same way. Okay, same thing in parenting, right? If we're that parent that we say something over and over, but every time we say it, we say it differently, 
The brain is not sure what to attach it to. But if we say it the same way over and over, and this is what I say to my kids now, I say, what I say is not going to change, but how I say it is getting ready to change. And they know I'm frustrated. You just put the mama brain, like the mama hat on. And I was like, I'm going to do whatever you just, (laughs) you went, you cocked your head. That's me. And that's exactly how I say. I calm myself because, you know, I can fly off. So I calm myself down and I said, Miss little girl, what I say is not going to change. But how I say it is getting ready to dramatically change. Please go do what I asked you to do. (laughs) I feel so seen. Thank you. I'm going to be honest. The thing that I'm repeating is this. Flush the toilet. And what I'm censoring in my head is flush the mother. Right, right, right. Toilet. Right, right, it's right. Happens every, my child is seven. There it's are right. some things, I don't know, like my son. Did I ask you to wash your sheets and your towel? Son, son, son. But I am finding, you know what I'm finding? I'm finding that the more I take time, because, because, we have so much going on that sometimes we get really frustrated. Like, I can't even say this over again. I cannot say this again, yes. right? Yes. But what I do find is when I stop and I say, son, do you understand that the longer you use the towel and the longer you sleep in the sheets that you are sweaty in to begin with, you understand that you're never going to be clean, right? Like, I don't even think they think through it because they're kids. They don't, they right? don't. But when I take the time out to say, so you realize that the sweat and stuff that's in the towel, you're putting back on your body, right? And then he looks at me like, well, that's nasty. Yeah, but that part, son, that part. <laughs> but it does, it requires us sometimes to be the person that takes the time, relax for a second instead of flying. Because we do, we fly off because we have so much going on. So much. Or at least we like a lot of things to go on. And I find myself putting all my stuff off because my child is. Yes brilliantly demanding my attention absolutely with ploys to make sure stubborn whatever that is and I have an only child so that's a whole other ball of issues right how many kids do you have total we're a blended family so we have four total two biological and two of my love children I mean I'm down for some love children my daughter needs a sibling it's not gonna come from me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I made that really clear. I am donezo. Got it. However, universe, I'm saying if the perfect man is out there, the love of my life and they have a child, right. I will happily receive them as a love child. You know, as a mom of one, I am always so curious how these moms of multiples do it. Like how? Where do they find the time, Kim? Help us out. One child, I'm exhausted. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm exhausted. It seems like you've got endless wells of energy to teach. You're teaching other teachers to keep a superstar in order, to have three other kids and a boo, and to run her multiple social medias and your own. Like, how, mama? I think, I mean, you, you, you know the old adage, when what you do is a passion, it doesn't feel like work. The passion is my child. It's not these things. The passion is my child. And so if anything supports my children, I'm going to do it a thousand percent. 
a thousand percent. And I don't think twice about it. It's when I start thinking about each of the individual wells, as, as we identify them, that it starts to feel overwhelming. But when I think about the one true passion, which are my children, it doesn't feel like work. So yes, we work and you know, this is, this is the thing. People think the industry is glamorous. You know, I don't have to tell you, you already know. There's really this amount of glamour in the industry because even when we're out at those, what seem like glamorous parties and red carpets, it is work. It is work. work. Number one, you have to be very conscious of what you say, what you don't say, what you wear, what you don't wear, what you, because cancel culture is a real thing. Not that I am concerned about cancel culture because my faith is in my God. So whatever door is supposed to be open is going to be open regardless. However, I raise my children to love all, right? Because that's what we believe in. So we have to be very conscious of what we say, even if you're, it's an opinion and you're allowed to have your opinion, you want to make sure that it doesn't hurt someone. But at the same time, we work 10 hours a day because legally nine and a half hours is what she's legally allowed to work. So I, I round that up to 10, an hour there, an hour home. So we're at 12. And then when we get home, we have lines to run. She has multiple projects. So we're on multiple stages with multiple projects, with multiple scripts, and she's still auditioning. So at any given point, we have four or five projects on the table and she's got to memorize them all. She's got to be off book and then set her aside for a moment. Oh, and then we have to do hair prep. And then we have to make sure that, you know, all of that set her aside. We have the 17 year old who is graduating. So we got to make sure all of his college applications are in. He's also a filmmaker. So we have to go out and make his films in order to get into college. But it's all passion around my children. So it's a matter of scheduling everything so that it works. And then you're right. I am married. It is work to make sure my husband also feels seen. I don't always succeed at it all. Right. But it's a matter of communicating. Babe, my bad. Like I. I'm tired. I I just want, it's eight o'clock. I know it's eight o'clock, but I want to go to bed because I have to get up at six to do it all over again or at 4.30 to do it all over again. So I apologize. So it's just a matter of being present and knowing the boundaries and trying to keep it all together. But it's not easy. It can't be. I'm in awe of all the things, especially when you lay out the day in the life of you two, Miss Michael Michelle and her mama. That is insane. You forget. She's got to learn lines for the next day. And we shoot five days a week. And an hour there. And an hour, honey, I'm just, and maybe she was just built that way. I remember the little video you, you had in New Jersey and she's on the little stair and she's like, I can do it. Right. Perhaps she was just built this way. For sure. But was that your goal or had you ever thought about Hollywood before your daughter was literally born? knowing who she was? So I did off-Broadway for a number of years. I was the longest running black play called Mama, I Want to Sing, right? Great, because I was a vocalist. Yes. (laughs) So I did that for years and we traveled all around the world. But in that time period, your parents were not, you know, acting, singing. Like, no, sis, you're going to go to go do what we sent you to college for. You got that degree that we paid for. Right. That degree that we paid for, because we didn't want you to have any loans. Thank you, Jesus. But we paid for it. So now you won't go use it. So they let me explore that for a good 12 months. That was about it. And then you come on back here and get yourself a little job. And so Hollywood, first of all, was never, that was just not something, number one, that was attainable. But I didn't even really think about it. It just wasn't, I never even thought about how to get into Hollywood because it wasn't something that was fostered in my home. So no, 
it was nice to sing and be paid to sing. That was my passion. It's great. But education was what I went to school for. So when she went viral, no, we were not thinking anything about Hollywood. As a matter of fact, when my son was born, the 17-year-old, people would talk about how extraordinarily cute he was. So in my mind, I was like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's take him to New York and see if he can do, you know, commercials or whatever. Sure. We took him to one audition. That little boy who was a very calm, when he got in that audition at 18 months, he let that woman have it. I was like, oh, I'm not, I won't be driving. Who? Well, I won't be wasting my, I, I sh- nope, nope. <laughs> that was it, one. Because I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time driving to New York and this child doesn't want to do this at 18 months. I don't, no, never again. So we never did. 18 months, he should just be sitting there looking cute. (laughs) Not him. He was a very quiet child. We took him to the audition. He's like, nope, (laughs) nope. So that was it for me. So when she went viral, again, Hollywood wasn't something we were thinking of. Having gone viral changes your life. I didn't know. I literally didn't know. And people ask me all the time, how did you not see it? I know that God kept my eyes sheltered until it was time for me to see it. Because I think if I would have saw it, I may have done something different and it wasn't time. Mm. So until it was time, I didn't see her talent and her gifts until it was time. And then I was prepared to move. But she was extremely animated. But I am too. I'm an educator. I'm a former actress. So it was just something she got honest. But she was absolutely put here to do what she's doing for sure. Hands down. This little girl is extraordinary. Okay. Yeah, she really is extraordinary. For a little background information, I learned about Michael Michelle through my daughter. It was like her fifth birthday and all she wanted was LOLs. And more than that, all she would talk about is Michael Michelle, who was apparently like the official LOL spokesperson in a way. So they did a bunch of these little LOL commercials and Michael Michelle starred in them and television shows. So anyway, my daughter would say, oh my God, I love Michael Michelle. So for her birthday, we opened all these gifts, probably 300 LOL gifts. And I made this video for Instagram and I happened to tag a person I just found out about called Michael Michelle. And um, my daughter opening presents and being so happy, literally less than an hour later in my DMs, I had the sweetest video message from one Michael Michelle, and I have been adoring her ever since. They didn't have to do that, but it taught me a lot about the mother that she had for her to give herself like that and be so responsive to a little girl that she didn't even know. So you are doing something extraordinary just in the way that you are infusing compassion and love. And she, she just feels like she's a taint. She's relatable. For sure. First and foremost, this is what we do. It's not who we are. And we feel like we've been giving an op- given an opportunity to leave a mark on a generation. So we're not in Hollywood for fame or fortune. Again, we didn't ask to be here. We are blessed. We are grateful. We are extraordinarily grateful. I mean, I want to be very clear. We realize that this is an opportunity that many, 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 many do not get. At the same time, we were not sent here for fame or fortune. We were sent here for ministry, which is why it is critically important for us to respond to the little ones who see and and are inspired. That is our job. That's what we're here to do. 
So we take great passion and pride in anyone who says that they support anything that she does. And we take the time out to say thank you. And if that thank you was a little video just to make someone's day, we realize that is what we're here to do. That is what's going to leave a mark on a generation. So we are very, very intentional about doing those kind of things. And, and, and Michael Michelle, she's on all kinds of platforms where she gets paid to leave messages or whatever. And that's great. That's fine. The point of the matter is you don't have to be on that platform. Now, we can't do them every day, right? Because she works. But when we can do them, we do as many as we can. We, you know, we get emails from schools who say, you know, the kids, you know, during the pandemic, they haven't been able to come together. Just if she could send us a little message, right? We will do that. We were on a movie set with a number of individuals and, and Gabrielle Union was one of them. And they didn't ask Gab. They didn't know. They don't know what we're doing. You know, by the time people see what we're doing, we finished it months and months ago. But Gabrielle Union just happened to be sitting next to her. And I said, hey, Gab, we have a school, kids that are graduating. They've asked Michael Michelle to do a quick message. Would you mind doing it? She said, absolutely not. Not only does she come in and do it with us, she's on the phone with her husband, Dwayne Wade. I mean, it was it became and the kids were like. Their mind was blown. But just to take three minutes of your time to make someone's day, I feel like is not asking a lot. And so for Gab to come in and she called, it was just those kind of things to me are what makes this life worth living in this industry, because it's a hard, 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 hard industry. And the rejection is real. The, The industry will use you up, spit you out. And then when they are finished, they are finished. But being able to make people's day and inspire young people that look like her, that don't look like her. And believe it or not, people who are not her age, who are way older than her, who say, if a nine-year-old can do it, I need to get off my behind and get it done. So that is the least that we can do. Oh, I love that. I've obviously interviewed a lot of celebrities and it's where I sort of no longer desired the role that I was in. Yes, it's great to talk about projects. Yes, it's great with the tabloids, who are you dating? I no longer could find joy in that because who cares? The project is the project. I kept saying, we want to find out who they truly are at their core. That is going to sell the movie. That is going to make people want to watch the show. They weren't on board, which is cool. They don't get it. I'm, I'm ahead of my time always. And I really truly believe what they say to whom much is given, much is expected, but I like a remix of that. To whom much is given, those people love to give back so much. Absolutely. There's a reciprocal feeling. It's like, it's, it's like gratitude. That's what it is. It's expressing gratitude. In every way that you can. We do our devotions because we have an hour in the car coming and going. We do our devotions every morning in the car. And one of the things that we articulate regularly is our gratitude, but the gratitude in being able to help others. We, we pray bold prayers, right? We have bold and big expectations of our God. We expect him to do abundantly every, anything that we could ever think, right? But we also are expecting that so that we can give back. We can't give back in a bold, big way if we don't expect bold, big things. So yes, we do expect bold things, but that's so that we can give back. We can't go bless 500 children with a computer or a new home or whatever it is they're in need of if we're not expecting bold in our own. So our expectation has nothing to do with ourselves, but it has everything to do with the ability to give back. And that's what moves us. I always say to my friends, you'll know when we've made it 
when we can go buy somebody a house, we can go buy them a car and it's not about us. It's about that's what they need. And that's when we've made it. Here at Mama's Day with Tanika Ray, it is all about the takeaway. And I love that Kim's a teacher. It is like the perfect time for her to teach us moms some tips, tricks, jewels, and gems on how to help our kids navigate this life we're living with so much stress. I mean, who better than Kim, whose daughter is navigating the crazy streets of Hollywood, and she's doing it well. Like I said, we had World War 45 in here this morning. And so I'm, I took her to a Reiki healer because she's stressed but doesn't know how to express it. And she doesn't even have anywhere close to what Michael Michelle's schedule is. But she's in a very hard school. She loves being challenged. She has extracurriculars every single night. Mm-hmm. When Michael Michelle gets stressed in whatever way, from whatever things that are happening, what are the telltale signs? And what do you do to get her recentered? Oh, such a good question. Well, there's a couple of things. And this, uh, I think, like you, especially because you have the single child, the one child, because for every child, it's so different. And being able to read their baseline is, is very different. Let me start with my son, for, for example. For my son, very different. He's a very quiet child, would prefer to be invisible in a room, and is just... He's our resident expert on everything. He's that kid that is the nerd who is, and I, and I see nerds in a positive way. I don't see nerds. Yeah. In a yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, the, he's the nerd who knows everything about everything. He really does because he just reads all day and researches all day. So for him, when he's stressed, number one, he just comes and hangs out in a room where I am. So I'm like, Hey son, you know, cause usually he's in his room reading talking to his friends on the computer, gaming, whatever he does. But when he's stressed out about something or excited about something, he just hangs out in my, in my presence. And I'm like, okay, he's lingering. What's up, son? And he'll, nothing. And he'll just stand. And then he'll just start talking about something. So whatever it is that he's talking about, he's either stressed about it and needs mom to just speak into him, or he's excited about it and wants me to be excited with him. So mm-hmm. I know that about him. I feed into it instead of him just coming saying, mom, I'm stressed about this. That's just not his way. So I have to feed into the way in which he expresses. Mimi, Michael Michelle, is an empath, right? So she feels everything. So I'm not going to use the word stressed for her because I've never really seen her stressed because we're together 24 hours a day. So if she has something going on, she'll talk to me about it. But she feels and takes in everything. And I'm not that way. Because my son was a premature baby. He was one pound, seven ounces when he was born. He was 16 weeks early. Uh, and on, he was in the NICU for 97 days. And on the 87th day, my husband was killed. So it was just the two of us for a very long time until I met my, re-met my, my current husband. There's a difference between the relationship I have with him and the relationship I have with her. But she's the empath. In that time that I was raising as a single mom, a black boy in America, I know that a change happened in me and I was a dad instead of a mom, right? Because I was determined to raise a strong black boy as a single parent. So for the first five years of his life where I was by myself raising this black boy and the way in which I came to be a single parent in my mind was, was, was unfair. It was, so I had all of these feelings that shifted 
who I was. I wasn't a mother to him. I was a, I was a dad to him. And my mom became the soft place for him, right? It is what it is. Positive, negative, it is what it is. So when that shift happened for me, there was no turning. I didn't then, when I met my new husband, I didn't then turn back into a mom. So there's balance because my husband, my current husband is a soft place for them. And I'm still that, that dude. I, I, I am, I just am. So with Mimi, when she takes on so much that she needs an outlet, she just becomes very emotional for no reason. And I, I gave you all the background because as the dude, the dude that I am is like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. The crying thing isn't my thing. But it does say to me, she's full and you got to stop what you're doing. You can no longer play hardball. You got to stop and just be there for her for a moment. So I stop. She wells up. She becomes very emotional. She starts to tear the teary eye thing for no reason. It's not that we're having World War 45, which we do have. It's not like it's just we could be learning a script and it could be a comedy. And she becomes she begins to cry. And I'm like, okay. So what's wrong? <laughs> Cause I can't relate. I don't, I can't relate to the, the tears. It's just not my thing. So I have to stop and I say, okay, is, did someone say something? Did someone do something? Is there something that's making you? And she just, I don't know, mom, it just is. And the tears are flowing. So we live in that for the, the time that she needs to live in it. And I allow her, do you need to take a break? Do you need to, whatever you need, let's do that mm-hmm. so that you can feel that. You can live in that for a moment. It's okay to cry. You're fine. Unless there is something that we need to handle, then live in it, allow it to be. And we've learned how to do that now. Because the first mm-hmm. time that it happened, the dude in me was like, dude, like, dude, yo, like, yeah. like, right. Suck it up. Because if, if there's no reason for you to be crying, boo, like, let's, let's suck it up and let's move on. And then the Holy Spirit in me said, you can't parent her that way. That's the whole reason you're in Hollywood. She needs to feel that. She's got to be able to feel that if you want her to take on all these roles. So allow her that time. And so that's how we deal with it now. And she's had probably four of those moments where she just becomes full and she needs to release it. And that's how she releases it. I mean, it's quite literally a chalice or a goblet or a vessel that just has too much water in it. So it's overflowing. And what is her birthday? I'm very into signs. March, March 6th. She's a Taurus? Pisces. Pisces. Okay, I'm so off. Oh, her birthday soon. Yeah, yes. Happy birthday. So she yeah. is emotional. So it's so interesting because I always say, it was frustrating for me because I, when I was pregnant, I was reading these baby books and it just made me mad. Like yeah. I threw them all away. They're full of crap. There is no one way to parent children. It's just crazy to me. It's not one size fit all. So it really does take intention. It really does take getting to know your child taking. That's why three months to after you give birth is nowhere near enough. Agreed. It's insane what they force us to do. Kick the bird out of the nest at three months. Our children need us and we need them for that connection. For at least a year. And it's always an improving of your relationship. I mean, this morning, each time we have a, a war, we separate. She's in school. I'm coming down. I still have a headache. Right. And 
later today, the first thing she'll say when I pick her up is, mommy, I'm really sorry. And I love that. I'm really sorry too. How can we avoid this in the future? And, and I don't know that you're ever going to completely avoid it because it's, it's human nature. It's it, that's, you're supposed to have all those emotions. That's why God gave them to us. Yeah. It's just a matter of what do we do and how do we handle them when the emotions come? And that's what I'm learning as a parent, even 18 years into my son, you have to parent them differently. However, what you say in the parenting different matters. Because yeah. I remember my mom, my mom who parented us differently, she'll never admit it. But my son, I mean, my brother was, that was, that was her, that was her kid. She raised a strong daughter and loved my brother, right? I, it just is what it is, right? I don't know that it's a bad thing, but that generation can't admit it, right? And so what she would say was, your brother just needs something different. Had she been able to articulate, number one, I'm raising a black boy in America. And here are the things that you need to know about being a boy that you'll never know because you're a woman until you have children. They didn't take the time to talk to us because they felt like that was negotiating with a child. And they were all brought up that you don't talk to children, you parent them. And that means telling them what to do. Well, okay. I mean, I can't, it is what it is. That's how they were raised. That's what they thought parenting was. But what I know as a parent who has to parent differently, each child is I have to talk to them. And I've got to tell them why I'm talking in a different tone to him than I'm talking to you, even though you're younger. The reason is because when he gets out in the world and what he faces is going to be way different than what you're going to face in the world, even though you're a black young lady in the world, he's a black male in the world. He's never going to get the kind of empathy and sympathy that you will get just because of your gender. So I have to talk to you differently. You've got to toughen up because people are going to tell you things that are not necessarily true because you're a girl they're never going to give him the same chances that they're giving you. So I need you, son, to understand they're going to give you a chance to fail, not a chance to succeed. They want you to do certain things so that they are justified in treating you in a way that they don't have to have sympathy and empathy for you. They're going to have sympathy and empathy for you and you don't even deserve it just because you're a girl. So I've got to parent them in different ways to deal with the world beyond our door. And if you don't do that and explain it to them, they won't know what's coming at them when they get it. So when she gets the sympathy that she doesn't deserve, she needs to buck up and say, you know what? I was wrong for that. No, 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 no. It's cool. I'll do it this way. It's cool. I'm good. And he needs to say, wow, I just saw my counterpart who did the exact same thing that I did. And he got sympathy or empathy. And here they are to me saying, buck up. You should have never did that to begin with. I have to understand that and just deal with it in a way that's going to give me the outcome I want. Forget about the fact that they did that. What outcome are you desirous of? Ours. I need to let that marinate because that was everything. You just went into teacher mommy mode and it was a full class. So I love that you broke that down. That is a very transparent place for then Michael Michelle to navigate through the world and your son as well with the facts that are in place. Period. Period. And I say that if the world could learn through facts and what's real and not through a filter of fantasy, we would be in a lot better place. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Fantasy and fear. And fear. Fear is a big one. Right now, we're all living through a, a, a filter of fear, aren't we? By design, I don't know. But what our jobs are as moms, which is even harder in this crazy time, is to not only not expose our children to the mania, but to somehow decompartmentalize the crazy in order to raise our children so they're not freaking out every single day. And that only comes through communication. And the three things that I wrote that keep me centered, the Bible, old pics of my, my family and my children, because it just makes me like, well, oh, and family. So those are the three things that keep me centered. Love that. And I love also that our community is so multi-textured. People had so many amazing answers all over the map. So yes. that is an awesome answer. Then I have one. Your five must-haves, non-negotiables. They have to express love, period, point blank. Kindness, you have to be kind to yourself, kind to those around you. And so from self to to world, right? Self to self, self to family, self to outside world, you have to be kind. Hard work, I don't care what it is, whatever your passions are, you must put in hard work on a regular basis, faith. Our family is based on faith and faith is just an expression of belief. You know, I say this all the time, whatever you believe in, there's faith, right? Because you believe in it and you have faith that it's going to work for us. It's God in the Bible. And so whatever it is you believe in faith to me is important. And people always think faith is so deep. It's so no, if you ask someone how to get from point A to point B and you've never been there, you have faith that what they're telling you is true right? It is. It, faith is just the believing that thing that is not as though it were that it might be, right? So I believe that what you're telling me is true and I'm going to follow it and I'm going to get to the Ralph's, right? If that's, 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 that's it. Well, because, because perception is reality. So whatever right. we decide to put our faith in, it's like my, one of my favorite quotes, if you think you can't, you can't. You won't. You won't because your faith works in reverse. You start saying things and doing things that is self-sabotaging. Yep. So, okay, that's that. So and then good. Num- yes. And then number five is failing forward. We're going to fail in life, but you have to be able to fail forward. I'm okay if you fail because guess what? It means you put in hard work. You have faith to believe in something. And hopefully you've done it with love, passion, compassion, empathy, sympathy, all of those things. And you failed. That's Okay. Because you did everything that we say that we're going to do. Now, what is the lesson you learned from the failure? Now get up, go out there and try it again and do the same cycle over again. Is that the way you guarantee failing forward is just by getting up? Getting up and learning, revisit what you did, what part of it, because I don't want you to change your passion. If you're working towards your passion and it didn't work this time, that's okay. So what did you do that you would do differently in this cycle that will let you move a little bit and you might fail again, but you should fail a few steps ahead of where you failed last time until you get it right. So failing forward is a non-negotiable to me. That's good. Okay. Oh, goosebumps. Okay. When I have five seconds to myself, I like to, when I have five seconds to myself, (laughs) I like to get a massage, Mm. let it all go. 
I like to listen to my favorite music while getting the massage or just listen to music. There will be times. This is the funniest thing. I can be in the house. Maybe my husband is taking the kids somewhere and I'll just put on some music and read a book and I'll get my favorite, which is a Dr. Pepper. Right. So when I when the kids come in the house, they'll be like, oh, she has a Dr. Pepper. Step away. Right. (laughs) It either means she's really stressed or she's in a place of Zen. Leave her be regardless. So she has a Dr. Pepper. They know. Step away. A good book, music, a massage and devotionals. Like I, when I get a couple minutes, if I don't do anything else, I will wake up a whole hour early just to get my devotions in and meditate and, and pray. Because if I don't do it, my day isn't what it could be. I'm so working on that. That, that is a component of my discipline. I, my discipline is, is in progress. I need to do that. That is magical. And everyone says to do it. And it's just Oh God, I already wake up at 6.30. And I'm with you because I'm not a morning person. I, I don't like getting up in the morning, yeah. but I found it valuable enough to give myself the extra time. I have some follow-up questions. Do you have a separate refrigerator for your Dr. Peppers? Yes, I do. And I will even hide them. Please be, please be very clear. I will hide them. Because y'all, what y'all not going to do is drink all my stuff and your stuff. And then when I want to have five seconds to myself, I don't have my stuff. I will hide them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I don't care. Judge me. I don't mind. <laughs> she said, Dr. Pepper is where I draw the line. Period. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. My greatest mommy hack is, and you've probably already said it. I don't. I put no. question next to that because I'm like, I don't, do I have a mommy hack? I don't know what it is. Ooh. I couldn't answer that one. That's why I was like, these are really good questions because I couldn't answer that. At least that I, I mean, they're probably hacks and I don't realize they're hacks. Oh, you have them. Yeah. Yeah. Someone else would have to tell me, oh, you have a hack. Because this is, I would never know to do that. I think you already said it, which is in order to create habit, you have to repeat something. Yeah. Okay. The same exact way. Okay. At least 15 to 80 billion times. Right, right. Okay, Okay. I'll take it. Take it. But I'm sure you have a billion more. When I was pregnant, why didn't they tell me? I did not know that we received, we as people with melanin, received different medical care. I didn't. And throughout my first pregnancy, Remember, my son was one pound, seven ounces. There was no medical reason once it all happened and everything was was looked into. There was no medical reason. Now, I believe that it was because my husband was leaving here and I would have been nine and a half months pregnant at his death had I not had my son, which thank you, Jesus, because I feel like that would have been more emotional and probably more traumatic than at least my husband having met my son. My son will never remember it, but I remember it. That is, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. However, comma, my pregnancy was anything but normal, even though they kept telling me that, you know, because I bled through my entire pregnancy, but there was no reason. There was no, we didn't need a cerclage. We didn't, my cervix was not compromised. My nothing was, but I didn't know what they told me was, oh, while it's not normal, it happens. It happens and people, but no one sent me to a specialist to figure out why. And I didn't know it was my first pregnancy. I didn't know that I should go have that looked at. I didn't know. They kept telling me that my 
hormones were just raging and that, you know, blah, blah, blah. I didn't know. And I believe had I known, I may have done some things differently. I didn't know. So I wish they would have, I wish I would have known that our medical care isn't what it should be in this country we call America. Ooh, child, you said a lot. Yes, it is facts. And I feel so blessed that I had a melanated OB. Yeah, yeah. Who, no matter all the things that, oh, a geriatric pregnancy, which by the way, you want to punch them in the face. How dare you speak to me like that? Dare you? That is rude. You're choosing violence today. (laughs) My OB was like, you're good. She kept, she knew the language of them always pouring fear and not considering our feelings and our pain. And she's like, I got you. Right. Right. I got you. I love it though. It's perfect. Okay. Um, we're moving down. So I know we're at our hour. I couldn't mommy without faith, support, and family. And my village is bomb. My village is firm and my village is always there. I am so grateful. Thank you so much. I knew you were going to be incredible, but wow. Palms and jewels and gems. Likewise. Can I just say, seriously, I watch you. I see you. You are seen. You are heard. And you too. You are bomb. (laughs) You are bomb. And you should know that. Seriously. Thank you. you. I receive. Woosa. Mama stay. (laughs) I'm going to cry. Thanks for hanging out, Mama. I know how little time we have in our day to honor ourselves, and I'm just thrilled to be a part of it. Make sure you click like, rate, and subscribe. I'd love to hear what you think about today's show and what you want to hear going forward. Remember, mommying is a gift, and you're doing a kick-ass job. So, woosah, and mama stay. Mama stay.